Unveiled with Neva Nessa, a Go Loud original podcast. Hello, hello everyone, and you best believe that me and Nessa had an argument at the start of this pod again of who was going to do the introduction. Loaded. <laughs> but you're very, very welcome back to episode 23. I can't believe like these numbers are going up and up of Unveiled, and this is brought to you by Go Loud. So we are joined by a very special guest today. We actually are in the presence of one of the nominees for Best Mua in the 2023 Image Business... Uh, is it Business of Beauty Awards or Business and Beauty? I don't know. Okay, well, we've given both them. options there. So <laughs> one of them, Miss Elaine Cruz. Yep. You. Go on. So I was trying to decipher how I'd best describe you, right? Because there's a lot of different layers here, which I think we'll get into on the podcast. Like you've called them layers and not multiple personalities. But I really <laughs> appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd go easy on it. Thank you. <laughs> Layers. So I suppose how you would describe yourself from your Instagram bio is you are a melanated, middle-aged, bossy positive mua. I think your content is a mix of everything from beauty, fashion hacks. I suppose, do they work? Some of them do work. You've kind of debunked the TikTok ones. There's a big focus on plants. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get into that. <laughs> uh, body positivity. And I suppose you're always keeping it real with us, even when you're kind of dealing with some pretty horrible stuff online as well. So I think you bring us through kind of all of your realm. Probably that's the reason why you've become such a social star, even though <laughs> it's I'm your worst nightmare. absolutely allergic to everything you just said. I know, but you're kind of like a reluctant content creator now, aren't you? Like I, I feel like you're so refreshing. Uh, again, yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I feel like everyone was allergic to the word influencer. That was a swear word. Yeah. But I feel like content creators up there as well. Coming up the track. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But this is it. It's like you're a reluctant star. Like everybody knows you for being so gas. Okay, right. But I think what I wanted to get into in this podcast is there's a lot more to you than just being a gas bitch. Like you're very intelligent. You're really hard work and I think you've got a lot of wisdom and life experience that well I don't let us down because this is what I think of you well right? I'm very old so I'd like to think I know something about something you're only 41 that's very chung um, the cherub yeah yeah you're right no <laughs> <laughs> no but um, so I think that's I feel that way about you okay I'm sure Neve does too. I do. I don't know you as well enough, but I know you from Instagram and I love how refreshing you are. Yeah. It's like a very, very nice place to go to when you're feeling kind of shit. You're just so real. Yeah. And it's not, it's very rare you get that on Instagram these days. Yeah, refreshing is a good word. Oh, you're so, you're the most refreshing person. You're very positive. But I know I actually have a few questions for you because I just love how real you are. And I even find from my point of view, and we'll get into it like, how do you balance it all? But we'll let you introduce yeah. yourself first, maybe. Yeah, so our first question for you is, what's your buzz? Who are you? Tell us a little oh, about I hate, yourself. I absolutely hate this. I know, but you have to start. I don't know. I think the world finds me more interesting than I do. <laughs> That's okay. And I'm just... It's grand. A middle-aged mua who <laughs> waffles raw into her phone. Literally, that's it. That's it. That's all I've got. No. No, you're... I mean, like, I've definitely trauma-dumped on you in your makeup studio in Bond Street. So you're like... Half Mua, half therapist, definitely. <laughs> I think that would be That's fair. Few. Well, I was going to say a select few, but no, the trauma dump comes at me. <laughs> at all angles. Yeah, whether it's reciprocated or not, it's very different. <laughs> but yeah, I've definitely done it. Oh yeah, but I And you back. to me, so yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Like, Ness is booked in for a 60-minute appointment. She'll be out in three and a half hours. That happened. <laughs> all the time. I know. All the time. Oh, you have to be strategic when... Yeah. All the time. Every single time. Wow. Yeah, I just... Uh, heads up, I have time blindness. 
Like, I don't have a concept. Of, yeah, I, I love I don't a good trauma bunk. Can I come in and just maybe just trauma yeah, bunk on you? <laughs> of course. Do you know what? I but she also exactly does browse. Like <laughs> separate the services. Yeah. I, At this stage, I'm like, do you want to just come in and get a cup of tea and just sit and tell me about the shit that's going on in your life and I just won't give you a smoky eye. Yeah. Because it'd probably be easier. Like I was doing <laughs> a, girl, off I was anyway. a girl's lashes a couple of weeks ago. She's getting a lash lift and we were chatting and we were having the man chats and she started bawling. <laughs> and I was like, sweetheart, your eyeballs are covered in lethal chemicals. You have to, like, shut up. Get it I'm sorry. Like, I, I want you to feel your feelings, but <laughs> they're going to burn the bleeding retina out of you. Stop crying. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so we'll take it all off and do it again. In fairness, it's the best lash lift she ever had. Oh, my God. <laughs> Get her in there and in here. Oh, my God. All the feels. Now, okay, so tell us, just give us a little whistle stop tour of who you are what you started all that good stuff um, yeah like how did you get into makeup like we know you from everybody well not everybody we all remember you from Mac in Brown in Thomas, Brown Thomas cause well, I, I always think my my journey to Mac <laughs> was uh, probably wasn't as cut and dry as most people's there's only ever three jobs that I ever wanted to do like my entire life I wanted to be a body piercer not really sure where that came from I wanted to be a midwife and I wanted to be a makeup artist oh wow so I tried to get into makeup like for a transition year and that didn't happen. I ended up selling eyeshadows in the local chemist. Stepping <laughs> stone. You know, not quite as glam. But then I kind of fell. Makeup, just, that just didn't happen. And again, I was probably about 15, 16 at the mm. time. So I parked that, ended up becoming a body piercer for 10 years. Oh, wow. Was in a studio that I really hated and was like, it's now or never. Like I was in me mid to late 20s. I'm like, if I'm going to do this, I need to be doing it now. So my brother being an absolute sweetheart, my older brother, he went to Mac, bought me a load of brushes and with the deal that you're not allowed to use them until you know what you're doing with them. So I'll try and, I've never, ever in my entire life told a long story short, but I'll try my best. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe today. I ended up, didn't like the job that I was in in the Pearson <clears throat> studio. A friend of mine was moving to New York with a friend of hers, convinced me to go with them. So went to New York, met this girl I'd never met before in the airport for the first time and I was going to go and live with her for three or four months and it was Michelle Regazzoli. Oh my so God. It was Mrs. Michael. Plot twist. <laughs> Plot twist. So three of us landed in New York, had the absolute adventure of a lifetime. Like, I just want you to picture, envision, visualise mm -hmm. Mrs. Makeup living in Harlem. <laughs> <laughs> like in a crack den. <laughs> Castle not MRS to crack manor. den. Pre-MRS manor. <laughs> there was no manor. There was no manor. Um, but yeah, <laughs> there's loads more to that story, but we won't get into it. So me and Michelle, we had to fly home. We'd go home. Visas were up. It was time to go home. And we'd all intentions of going back. But I was offered a little bit of work. And I was like, well, I've no money, so I need to get the money up for me flights. So I went back to my old job for a minute. But Michelle left without me. Um, and then a friend of mine asked me she asked me to go for a drink or something and I was like oh, I can't I have to go I have to do a bit of work like I need to make a bit of money she was like well there's a job going in Mac and I was like is it Michelle's job because she's not coming back like, yeah I was like cool All right. <laughs> <She> <laughs> so I stole you. our job basically yeah. yeah well she left you no choice she left you yeah but I mean I'd never but it's like kind of serendipitous in that kind of way doesn't it that it's like it was all yeah. meant to happen it was all like really good things yeah yeah it happened it's like really nice and I just want to like say you've given I'd say a lot of people who are in like their late 20s and turning 30 like you know when people kind of have that like 
not that midlife crisis thing, but they're like, what am I actually doing? I'm out of my 20s now. Yeah. Like, look at you. You're like incredibly successful. You left a job that was 10 years and then you followed a dream of a makeup Here's artist. The there was only the three jobs. I never did midwifery. And yeah, I remember trying, yet. trying to get into it. Really? Um, but I was living, I was living in England at the time mm. and like your junior cert, leaving cert didn't count in the oh, okay. UK. So it meant I would have had to go back and do them again. Like do oh. me GCSEs. And I was like, oh, I'm not doing that. That's going to oh, take no. three years. Yeah, but in hindsight, in three years, I'm still going to be three years older. So why does it matter? Yeah, It doesn't yeah. matter. Well, fair play to you. You know, yeah. when you put things off and you don't want to yeah. go back and you don't want to mm. study things or whatever, yeah. that time is passing regardless of what you do with it. So if there's something you want to do, just fucking do it. Very wise. Unbelievable. So advice. I know you had your reign supreme in Mac and then I think you went to Charlotte Tilbury, was it? And you did a little bit of... Was it you've done fashion weeks and all that? Well, there was a bit of life that happened in between those two things. Yeah. So I was in Mac for nearly 10 years. Wow. So I think I started in 2008 and I was there till 2017. Wow. So it was a long time. Oh my God. It was a long time. It's not that long ago. Oh my God, you were no. there the same time as me. Were you there for like seven years? Was that seven ten. years? Ten. Oh, ten. <laughs> nearly ten. Jeez, was I ten years in Brown Thomas? Sorry, never anyway, mind. Anyway, go on, that's another part. The only thing <laughs> is now I floated around them all. I've worked in every Brown Thomas in Ireland, but I've worked in every Mac in Dublin. Oh, wow. So I was a bit of a flower. Yeah, go on. Yeah, sure look. <laughs> Someone has to do it. So what, What? Um. well, like, I feel like the answer's in the question anyway, but like after 10 years, what made you leave? Were you just looking for a check? They asked me to. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> no, there was an absolute mass redundancy yeah. Yeah. in 2017. Okay. That mm-hmm. was devastating and the brand had never done that before it had just the brand had changed and you know even now it still makes me like there's a little part of me soul that left with it yeah yeah because it's it's just kind of sad to see what that brand has become yeah because it was all raining I mean we were all the girls that like everyone in this room at some stage when they were younger, went to Grafton Street just to look at the girls in Grafton Street. It was like it was like the Victoria's Secret oh, show. Like it was perfect description. Like yeah, it was like celebrity all stars. Yeah, like just iconic. Yeah. yeah, totally. Like it really was. And to see what it is now, yeah, is a shell. Best. I know. Yeah, like I remember my best friend ringing me to tell me about that they'd moved the counter from yeah. Grafton Street. Yeah, and she was really upset. And I was in town. I went in and had a look at it, and the two of us were crying on the phone. Yeah, I was like, this is like your ma selling your childhood home oh and moving God. into a two bed. <laughs> you know yeah, I, mean? I get it, yeah. Yeah, like there's always even any room for you in the spare room. Oh yeah. God, no. Not in the new Mac counter anyway. It's yeah, but in hindsight, that redundancy was the best thing that ever happened. Yeah. So what did you do on your journey then when you... Oh, sweet Jesus. Um, but again, it was very unexpected. Nobody's seen it coming. There yeah. was 43 of us across the UK and Ireland that, you know, were brought into a hotel room with the curtains closed and your phone told to switch it off not even silent oh my god and it was heartbreak absolute heartbreak it was you know and a lot of us were there kind of in and between like 5 to maybe 15 years mm. in the room so it was a huge chunk of our life and obviously we were all so close oh it's like so, a family we used to always get asked oh is it real like is it real bitchy in there you're like yeah but only between ourselves yeah. like as yeah. in it's like having your sisters. Yeah. yeah. We absolutely fucking kill each other. But don't you dare say a word about her because yeah. my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love Like it was, like we always say, Mac is where you went to, to find your bridesmaids. Yeah. Because Aww. they're the girls that stay with you forever. They're your absolute day ones, so your OGs. And it's still true. It's mm. still true now. Yeah. Like my nearest and dearest, I 
met on that counter. So it was a it was a huge, huge blow and a huge loss. And we'd twenty one days, so there was quite a few of us that had, I suppose, an identity crisis. Yeah. Like a few of us ended up in therapy. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I could see why. Your yeah. whole life changes. Yeah. It was a huge part of And the life. choice isn't yours. I think that's a big part of it, isn't it? When the choice isn't yours. Yeah. It's also the word redundant. Yeah. Because it was, you're not redundant. Your, your job role, is redundant. Yeah. Like, what does that mean? That's just so, so you, they don't get sued. I, I know. It's yeah. all jargon. the league and jargon that goes with it. Yeah. But it's that feeling of, I don't matter. Everything I've done doesn't matter. Yeah. And I suppose a lot of us, because we just loved what we did and the yeah. positions that we'd, like I was in the training department, that was everybody's dream goal. Like that was, I went to my first basic training and the trainer asked me, where do you see yourself? I was like, I'm coming for your job. <laughs> what didn't, like babe? <laughs> didn't like You're that on. at all. But I got our job because yeah. I was on the prize from day one. Yeah. And I'd got my dream job and I'd been in it for a few oh. years and I just loved it. Now don't get me wrong, it was tough, it was hard. Yeah. But... It's what you wanted to do. It's what we all wanted to do. Yeah. So, you know, at that time, it was like you were reflecting back and going, I've sacrificed so much of my life for this job. Mm. Yeah. My friends are here. This is like my family. And my family literally was there because I worked with my sister. Okay. <laughs> so even like when we went on work trips, I was just going on holiday and yeah. paid holiday with my sister. Happy yeah. <laughs> vacation. Getting locked. It was great. Getting <laughs> paid by the hour for carnage. But, it, you know, it was the amount of things that we sacrificed. I'm like, I sacrificed relationships. I sacrificed time with my family, family holidays, because work was the most important thing to me. Mm. And I suppose there was a level of respect that just went with the job title. Mm. You know, and especially as a trainer, you were the person that everybody was excited to see. No one wanted to see the managers coming because they knew they were getting into trouble. Yeah. But when we walked into the room, it was oh my God, we're going to learn something today and everybody's excited to see it. So without that, it was like, who the fuck am I? Yeah. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I do outside of my job. So where did you go from there then? Asia. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. Literally, yeah. So you travelled, you just... Yeah, there was me and like my work husband. We'd both been laid off. We went on a couple of holidays. We ended up going to Thailand for a month. And I just didn't get on my flight home. I went to Vietnam for a couple of weeks and then ended up living there for about a year. Wow. Yeah. Oh Best decision God. I ever made. Really? So like kind of solo travelled a bit? Yeah. And in hindsight, well, I suppose at the time I didn't know it as well. It was, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I want to do. Mm. I didn't want to do makeup anymore because it just, it that redundancy thing. just broke me. Yeah. Yeah, and I felt, I was like, I've given 10 years of my life and I'm so irrelevant that in 21 days they can just, in a way it's like being in a relationship, that sometimes you don't grieve the relationship if it's toxic, or you grieve the future that you would have had, yeah. all the things you wished it yeah. was going yeah. to be and the potential yeah. that it had. Mm. That was me, it was my career, I was so set true. for life. Yeah, I knew so exactly true. where I was Jesus. going. Yeah. And then it was just gone. gone, absolutely gone. So I was a bit of a... Headless chicken, so... Yeah, understandably. Yeah. I suppose, in a way, I had to separate myself from everything and everyone to just sit with myself and figure this out. Mm. And if you're going to do it anywhere, do it in 42 fucking degrees. Woo. I mean, you'll really get to know you the know real I mean? you. You today have, you know, I would say definitely a successful business in your studio on Bond Street. I mean, as we said, you're nominated for Best Makeup Artist um, of yeah. 2023. It just about pays the bills. We're all right. But you do a lot of, like, commercial work as well. Mm. Like, you'd be on shoots. I think you were doing, a, was it a movie there a while ago? Yeah, that was really fun. Yeah, so, like, how did you get from that, I suppose, identity crisis that you said to where you are today? Yeah, what was the steps after Asia to, to go out on your own? own? Yeah. To be honest, none of this was planned. <laughs> 
I wasn't supposed to be here. Makeup wasn't the plan. Yeah. It wasn't the goal anymore. But I kind of dipped in and out of Asia. So if I had, you know, if I had a wedding booked, yeah, I have a group of girls that I've been doing their makeup for the last probably 12 years. Wow. So... There's a group of maybe six or seven of them. They're all married now, but I've done every single one of their weddings and they're all each other's bridesmaids. So they book me quite far in advance. So I was like, there was two weddings, two sisters getting married in the year that I was away. But I came home for them. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not going to not do that. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. I will be there regardless. So I was back and forth three or four times within the space of a year and a bit because I was booking flights in and around work that I already had booked. So I came back, I had a wedding and then I got a message from somebody that I know that was like, look, I've seen that you're home. Mm. Are you home for a while? Because we have a maternity cover in Tilbury. The trainer's pregnant. She's out. So just thought, would you be interested? And I was like, do you know what? At the time, they were like, it's six months. And I was like, six months of a solid wedge, doing a job that I could literally do with my eyes closed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll just stay. I was I like, because six months of a salary in Asia. I'm like, oh, I'm not going you. to have to do a thing. Yeah. yeah. For were you working when you were in Asia? Oh, no. what? <laughs> Absolutely not. A few brows. Yeah. Not even. No. No, I did one day in an English school. I was like, nah, it's not for me. <laughs> Best <of> luck. <laughs> no, I was offered a job teaching English in a school. But I used to just go in sometimes and teach class with one of my friends who was a teacher just because it was fun. Yeah. yeah. Just to hang out with the little kids. It was lovely. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. no, I was like, I just don't want to. I was like, I've had a job since I was, I think, 11. Mm. I just need a minute. Sorry. I yeah. just need yeah, a minute. Good for yeah. you. So yeah, so the intention was to just come home for six months, park me cash and off I head. Mm. But then... Okay, fuck 2020. Oh yeah. Miss Rona <laughs> then, entered the chat. Then, oh, yeah, Rona showed up. And here I bleed now. So when did you set up your studio then? Like when did you officially start working for yourself? Again, no concept of time. Yeah. I'm going to say as soon as lockdown lifted really, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That I was like, I'm here now. Yeah. I'm here now. I might as well just stay for a bit. So like I know that you're very busy. Anybody who follows you can tell you're always kind of, you're split across a lot of things. Okay, so you've got your your business in Bond Street but then you're also booked on shoots you've started doing a lot of content now I know you're with the collaborations agency Mm -hmm. and you're regular kind of contributor for is it her.ie or her family her.ie yeah her.ie like you're just one person okay Mm. so like it's not like you're just doing the makeup and blah blah blah. like you're doing your admin you're booking you're replying to people like how do you cope with all of that or do you no not very well so I'm being real honest yeah like it's a lot yeah it's a lot because anybody Anybody that works for themselves, like I don't just do makeup. Like I said, I'm oh. all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm the admin, the accountant, the tea maker. Do you know what I mean? Your yeah. social media bleeding manager, all of that stuff. I yeah. probably, you know, you wear about a hundred hats a week mm. to just be able to run one. Little and your business. role isn't in one spot as well. Like I noticed that with you. Like you're up and down the country as yeah. well. Like you know. But I, I love that. I know, and like. You would have to, because otherwise you wouldn't do it. But just because you love something, I don't think it keeps burnout away from the door. So is that something that you've ever experienced? Well, it keeps it interesting. If I was just in the studio and I was banging out smoky eyed news lips mm. every week, I'd be bored down my face. Mm. If I did nothing but wedding makeup and dealt with nobody but brides, yeah. same thing. Yeah. Movies, not for me. 
that end of the business, I'm absolutely allergic. But dipping me toe into projects that I care about, because yeah. I ain't doing, I can tell you now, I ain't doing them ones for the money. But if, I, if I've if i been asked to do something that I just genuinely give a shit about, yeah. I do it. Mm-hmm. And all of that, as much as it can be exhausting, it keeps my job interesting. I wouldn't be doing this 15 bleeding years if I didn't still love it. Yeah. But I think too much of anything is just boring. Yeah. So the variety, spice life and all that shit. Yeah, of course. And have you ever felt like a burnout for yourself? I think burnout comes in many different flavours. Yeah. So what's your flavours? What's your definition of burnout? For me, like I've, and I think the three of us in the room here have very different paths in terms of, I suppose, our jobs. Like I'm, we always joke that I call myself a PAYE princess. That's my jam. I've always done a nine to five and I've always worked in fast paced environments and like tend to thrive there. But I had one job that I completely burned out in. And for me, it was just like, I had so much to do that I just detached. I couldn't do it anymore. And I like nearly felt like I was having an outer body experience one day, but I... It was the role that I was in was completely not set up for success. But I, for a long time, not a long time, but a couple of months, I viewed that as a weakness in myself rather than respecting myself and Mm -hmm. taking myself out of that environment. And like for context, like the role that I was doing, it was just me doing it in Ireland and the UK office had eight people doing the role that I was expected to do. Okay, Jesus. And... It was the whole environment. It was like they wore burnout like a badge of honour. Like yeah. if you're working on a Sunday, fair play to you. I'm like, no, that's a red flag. Like yeah. that's not yeah. good, you know. But I really struggled to respect myself for a couple of months to actually be like, oh no, I can't. I'm out of here, you know. I'd always be a doer, right? Like I'm really organised. I have loads of flaws, but I'm very organised. And I'd be a total doer. And then I just felt this thing. I was like, I just can't, can't. do any of this. Just I'm just going to shut down. Just Detach and flow out of the room. Yeah. Which is not like me. So for burnout, that would be my definition of it. I've had, I, I remember, <laughs> I remember it very, very vividly. There was one, there was one time in Mac. Again, I was on the, career-wise, the path was get to trainer. Mm. But I had to take other jobs in order to get there. I was like, the route's not always A to B. Sometimes you have to do a little whiz around the alphabet to get there. Mm. So I'll take whatever the jobs are. If it means more responsibility or go into management, I'll do what I have to do. And I took on, I was the manager of Blanchardstown. I think it was about maybe a year, year and a half. But I have never experienced an exhaustion quite like it. It was the most overwhelmed I think I've ever been in my entire life. It was fucking rough. Now, I turned that counter from the least productive to the most productive Mm. in that time. But it took... The expense of your... Yeah, not... I'm a giver and I don't do things unless I give a shit about it. If there isn't a passion behind it, I'm just not doing it. Mm. So if I'm going to do something, I'm go hard or go home. I was balls deep from the minute I stepped onto that counter and it absolutely thrived and I was super proud of it. But sometimes the more you do, the more you're expected to do. And I was like, she's done so much that let's give her more. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was organising an event like with the training department. It was to like work with ageless, there's air quotes there, older women, like Mm. teaching the girls how to do this. And we had to book people's mas and aunties and get people involved. And I remember getting sent a form and I filled it out. And then I found out the next day that the form was double-sided, but somebody forgot to attach it. So I'd only done half the amount of work that I was supposed to. And I just lost my shit. I lost my shit. I'm like, I'm trying to run a business and this all just feels like this is all extra. 
Yeah. This is all extra. And then models weren't showing up. And I'm like, that woman had to go and mind her grandchildren because her daughter was sick. And I'm getting this in the neck. Mm -hmm. And I just remember getting a phone call as I was getting ready to leave over something else that had gone wrong and just bursting into tears in the middle of my kitchen and going, I'm not coming in today and I'm not coming back. I cannot do this. Yeah. So was that like a standout moment for you? Yeah, absolutely. In that job, yeah, it broke me. It broke me. But it was other people's expectations and other people's pressure. Mm, Yeah. I don't allow myself to get to that point now because I work for myself. So I will, I'm the only one that's pushing me. I'm the only one that's putting pressure on me and I have... I get to control that. But when someone else is barking it at you, it's a whole other ballgame. Yeah. Like I was only short of tugging on my testicles and screaming on the floor, like I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not, I'm just not going. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. When you look back at that now, could you see warning signs for you getting to that point? I mean, I should have, I should have known. Like before that, I'd been working in Henry Street. I was fit as fuck. <laughs> I had just turned 30. I asked for a PT for my birthday present I was going to the gym I was working out with a PT five days a week I was going to the gym seven days a week and sometimes going on my lunch break now when I tell you now in hindsight I'm like hyperfixation <laughs> there you go again yeah. hyperfixation didn't have a carbohydrate nor a piece of sugar for 18 months <gasps> I had one one cheat meal in 18 months that's how dedicated I was wow. I was in the best like physical <laughs> yeah Oh yeah, like I did a diet called the Velocity Diet where for four weeks I had four meals. I ate one thing on a Wednesday. That seems problematic. In hindsight, probably. But what I'm saying is I was... You're locked on. Super focused. I was in such good nick. I haven't even got a photograph because it wasn't about that. It was like I was two kilos off my first competition for weightlifting. Like I was a fucking beast. Athlete. Do you know what I mean? You do and then, yeah, yeah. Jeez, you're a jack of all bloody trades. This is what I'm saying. How do you describe it? Then I got that job. <laughs> yeah. And within months, I was like, I've just put on three stone because yeah. I didn't get a lunch break. Yeah. Like it was a Big Mac in one hand and a laptop in the other. And because the opening hours were longer, if someone rang in sick, I'm like, I've been here since seven o'clock this morning and I have to stay here till 11 o'clock tonight because I just have to do what I have to do. So I look back at it now and I'm like, I should have just known, like the first red flag should have been, none of you were close for (laughs) Yeah. Because you're fat again. (laughs) Yeah, I went from real fit to real fat, real quick. (laughs) Well, you look fucking amazing. Sorry for cursing, but you do look amazing. Oh, thanks. So after that, like when you just kind of had that breaking moment, yeah. what happened for you then? Like for me, I went to the doctor and I just kind of spoke to my doctor. My doctor was like, I'm signing off on stress even. Yeah. The doctor was like, I'm not placed to tell you what to do with your life. You need to get a new job because that's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And when I woke up the next morning, it was the first time in about five months that I hadn't didn't have anxiety or like dread yeah. or churning my stomach. And I was like, oh my God. And I knew I had made the right decision for myself. Yeah. So what was your life like after that moment, even just in the weeks after? It was a really honest and open conversation with senior management. Because again, the pressure in that job all came from the top down. Yeah, Someone's only putting it on me because someone's of putting course. it on them. Yeah, yeah. And we just had a really honest chat and I'm like, I just can't fucking do this anymore. Yeah, And it took for me because I will take on a lot. Yeah, yeah. Because I want to achieve things. Yeah, And I know that I can. And you're a hard worker. Yeah, because I'm a bleeding yeah. grafter. And again, yeah. if I believe in what I'm doing, I'll put, like I said, my me, me whole ball sack will go into it because I care about what I'm doing. Mm. But it was just an honest conversation where I'm like, I can't work like this. Yeah. Like I just can't. Mm. 
So did you take lessons, I'm sure you did, from that moment then when you're saying now that you work for yourself, I don't even know if you have, but have you managed to keep burnout away now? I think I'm on the, to that extent, I would never get there. I'll never get there. Never. Ever again. No, no. because again, that that's the pressure from other people. Yeah. I know oh, I my limits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I know what my limits are. Now, I test them on a regular basis and I yeah. constantly Johnny Cash and walk the line. But it's just, <laughs> it's just different, I suppose. Yeah. But then that level of burnout, no. But I also think that we're all, every single one of us or the vast majority of us are all living with a flavour of burnout that mm. we don't even realise mm, yeah. at the moment. Mm. I think we're all... We're always giving a uh, bit of ourselves to we're all overwhelmed. something else. Like, the world is a dumpster fire. Mm. Oh my God. <laughs> like, the world is it's literally worse by the hour. on fire. Yeah. So I think, I suppose, burnout and overwhelm, I think, are quite similar. Where yeah. I think we're all a bit overwhelmed, whether we realise it or not. Or sometimes we don't actually have time to take stock to realise that this is what's going on around us. Yeah. I think so many of us are just in fucking survival mode. Uh, yeah. Where it's just go, go, yeah. go, get through today or worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. And we're also overstimulated all the time. Like all the time. it's just like we're consuming information from everywhere. That we were never time. that the old lizard brain was never supposed to equipped. Not equipped with that much choice or this much information ever. Yeah. So you you call yourself a grafter, obviously I think we would all agree. Oh, yeah. Um so how do you protect yourself from your own ambitions to stop you becoming overwhelmed? Like is there any practical things that you would do? Number one, I don't have ambitions. That sounds real sad. Really? But what people deem as successful is completely different for everybody. Yeah. For me, yeah, yeah. success is did I pay my bills? <laughs> yeah. Am I in my overdraft? Because if I'm not me out my overdraft by the end of the month, I'm like, woohoo. Yeah. This was a fantastic month. Yeah. But I don't have, there's no big ambitions for me. Yeah. I'm too old, I'm too tired. It must be very freeing in a way. I just, I, again, I'm just coasting on existing. Yeah. Have you always been like that? No, because again, in Mac, I was super ambitious because I just wanted the job that I wanted because I knew that was the right fit for me. Yeah. But I yeah. just had to do the graft to get there. Mm. Now, I'm just, again, very tired, very old. <laughs> Yeah. Very tired. Do you think that that kind of mindset was the result of the burnout? Do you feel like from the burnout you realised how bad you got, you, you really got to like... Well, it was stopping. Like I I, st- yeah. I stopped. World stopped. The world stopped. I stopped the world and I left the yeah. country and I reassessed and reevaluated yeah, everything and just figured out what mattered to me. And at the moment, very little in terms of, again, there's no, there's no aspirations, lads. I'd love to be like I would love a bit like, of you no, in because no. I'm like I get so worked up over like silly stuff and I, my next question was going to be I just don't know how you do it all because for me being online and I do like I teach corporate and looking after my admin and I was saying this to Ness and I say this to everyone like I find like the online world is actually a real lonely world because I don't go into an office every day or yeah. I don't go into Brown Thomas like I do every day and I don't have workmates yeah. I don't have a HR department I can lean on for some of the troll comments that we get yeah. and I was just wondering how do you like manage it all and then also be so positive and post online because like do you feel like you need to post online or you no. just no you There's don't never a need Right. There's never a, for what? For what do I, I need to for what? What soup are you it's drinking? It's not my the job. Asia soup. Like it's not <laughs> my job. <laughs> but this is the thing where it was kind of like you're a reluctant content creator now. Well, Instagram's not my job. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't enough. pay. Like I. 
I suppose, right. Like it was only like after I got my Image Award nomination. <laughs> I was like, I should probably post a picture on my makeup page that has, you know, 15 years worth of work. There's six pictures and like four followers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of them. <laughs> yeah, I would, like a girl I was working with, the hairdresser I work with a lot was like, Alain, like in between takes on a movie, that bitch is banging out yeah. content and super productive mm-hmm. and I'm watching her do it. <laughs> yeah, but it She's just, like, when was the last yeah. time you posted something? I was like, the 7th of March. She was like, many jobs have you done since then? Mm. I'm like, oh yeah, I suppose. Like, we when probably it, don't need to though. I mean, it's sometimes yeah. people do that. Obviously, if it's a passion for them, but like, it's a way of getting business as well. This is going to sound incredibly egotistical and cocky and I do not mean Go it on. to sound like that. I've been doing makeup since before the mm. fucking internet was a thing. I've yeah. been doing makeup, I've been paying my bills, you know, with glitter and lipstick <laughs> since before social media existed. I'm grand when the bills are paid. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Do you know what I mean? It will and continue. <laughs> but it's just because I've been knocking around for a long time. Yeah. yeah. And I don't care. Like, again, when when Instagram kind of became a thing for a lot of mm. like beauty content people, yeah. when, you know, when the world cottoned on that this was a big deal. Yeah. I was very, very reluctant because Mac were trying to shove that down our throats. They were very anti it at first okay. and then changed their mind very, very quickly and tried to push it on me. And I'm just a petulant child. Like I am forever the rebellious teenager. I'm like, this isn't part of my job. I'm not doing it. So they were trying to make nearly mini content creators out of... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They were kind of, kind well, of like they were what, just Inglot? encouraging yeah, us yeah. to share more and to post online. Mm. And I just wasn't jumping on that bandwagon because I felt like it was taking me away from doing my actual job mm. yeah. and my actual job was working with people yeah. that's the joy that's what sparks joy in me is mm, teaching yeah. other people how to do this and seeing them progress mm. and I'm like now, I, now I'm just is that why you were now I'm editing that? photos like, yeah. off yeah. I can't even take them yeah. then Snapchat came along they were like oh you'd be great on that I'm like no I'm not doing it so how did you know you say that now but like you're signed with the collaboration agency okay like I think anyone who follows you like you have something special okay like you're yeah you've been out of four yeah, undiagnosed ADHD look it works <laughs> it works and I think a lot of us all have that but like how because I would imagine it was probably a little bit of an internal struggle I, I know because I know you and we've had these conversations yeah. sometimes that it's like you're like you're presented with these opportunities but you're like oh, I don't know if that's me or whatever it's like how do you move in that kind of space like how did you go from accepting to get signed it was being overwhelmed by admin because that's the bit of my job that I struggle with yeah. mm. the most. Mm. Like, I can't just... Again, I work with people and they're like banging out emails while I'm sat beside them. I can't... My brain doesn't work like that. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah, be because I'm fully focused and whatever's happening right now in front of me, if I'm on a shoot, mm. I'm completely present with every single bit of that, whether it's that and got to do with me or not. Mm. You know, if the stylist is working, I'm like, oh, what are you going to do with shoelaces? <laughs> like, I'm fully engrossed, mm. you know, because I think part of being successful at my job is, and my brother always says this, is you have to be engaging, but you also have to be engaged. So if I'm here, you get all of me. Mm. I'm not going to dip off and send an email. Yeah, I will say, and I'll, I'll carve out the time and I'll send four hours worth of them. Mm. So all of these opportunities were coming to me to work with brands that I really liked. Mm. Yeah, And just, I was like, I can't do this. I'm missing these things because mm. I don't have the time to get back to them. Because I'm not going to answer your email when I've got 17 yeah. brides that are hanging on waiting for me. Yeah. So there I was approached priorities. by... Absolutely. I was approached by a couple of agencies, but I went with Collab because we had a really, again, honest and open conversation about what I was willing to do and what I'm not. And Elaine, what I love about you is, as a fellow... We hate the word. Don't you say it. I won't say it. I'll, I'll make say, you it. say it. Content creators. <laughs> Blasphemy. <laughs> <Name> it, <everyone's laughs> there. 
But I definitely think like I've joined with a new agency as well. And what I find about you, especially that you're so refreshing, you don't actually work with every single brand the way there's a lot of people out there that do. And I feel like from my side of things where I really relate to you on that and what I really love about you is that you don't work with every brand it's not really about all the money it's about what you align with yeah. and I feel like is that why you went to a collab agency is that yeah. why you so yeah. I had a conversation with them from the very very beginning and made it unbelievably clear and again I know I'm repeating myself but this mm. isn't coming from a place of ego mm. the internet is not my job yeah. my bills are paid through makeup yeah. yeah yeah so if I'm getting asked to do something where yeah obviously I'm making a couple of quid out of it yeah the one thing that's not for sale is my integrity mm. that's there's no amount of money you could offer me that is going to make me plug something that I don't believe in mm, yeah. so the deal is I get to pick and choose the brands that I want to work with if yeah. somebody wants me to do a collab with a certain product send it to me first like I don't, yeah, no, I don't agree to do anything. If somebody comes at me with a timeline, I'm like, you need to send it to me first. That's why you need to follow Let Elaine. Me try it, yeah. And if Love. I'm not into it or it doesn't do what it's supposed to do, well, then I just say no. Yeah. Like I have something coming up soon that it was like, yeah, can you do this? And then they sent me a product list, and like loads of them were tan. So I just got back to the agency and was like, I don't wear tan. Yeah. The odd, like maybe 10 times my whole entire life. I'm like, if you can change, if they can go back and change those products, mm. but I'm not going to come on the internet as me who yeah. doesn't wear it and yeah. plug seven different tan brands. Yeah. Mm. No, it's not for me. No. So it was, yes, I will, but only if. And they were like, yeah, that's fine. And it's been changed. Yeah. So. I love that about you. You're so like, transparent just like lovely that's why like I said first in the pod so refreshing yeah because it's an extra few bob yeah, might well, find myself yeah, but it's, nice yeah I know cool. but it's authentic right and yeah. I think for like an end user I obviously I'm not with an, an agency an end user <laughs> I'm the know. end user over here right yeah. so it's so refreshing as to steal Neve's word to actually see a review of a product that's not just because someone's got money thrown at us. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You've reviewed it. You're like, oh, actually, it. that must be good. Mm. Do you know? Yeah, I'm just, I'm very, very conscious of what I say and how I say it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If it's something that I haven't had a chance to use or I haven't been able to use it for long enough to mm. see a benefit mm. of it, you will never catch me going, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm like, yeah. I'm excited to try it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you that it did X, Y, and Z because I don't know that yet. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but so I feel like the the content that you make, like you, very much shine through, and it like does that spark joy for you? The work that you do, the content, content is stuff. The stuff I do with horror.ie, I absolutely fucking adore because mm, yeah. it's chaos. Yeah, because <laughs> I just get here's four things that we want you to do. Mm. Give us a makeup tip, give us a hack, give us a something. And then I'm just left to it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because they just want me to do. It's like, just put yourself into these four categories and whatever you come up with, absolutely go for it. Yeah, so that is just me doing a thing. But it's also your voice, your what you want to do and it's your tips and your hacks. It's not like they're handing you a brief and you have to read it. Absolutely not. No, no. It's very like, it's very... stamp on it. Yeah, it's very casual mm. in a way. It's mm-hmm. like, just, will you do this? Yeah, Grant. And then I just do them. Yeah. So I know we've like kind of been, well, we've been talking about a lot of real stuff here as well. We've been having like a few laws as well, but like a not laughing matter ever is racism. And you've been on the receiving end of a lot of disgusting racist comments a couple of times since I followed you. Yeah. Like, 
And I know there's been some times where you've come on and you've had it kind of had a joke about it as in like you're like, fuck you. And you've kind of made a joke out of the person. And then there's been other times where you don't feel that way. And it's mm. completely valid each time. Like, what's your experience like with that? I People are always fascinated by the online abuse and there's always conversations about online trolling. Bitch, I'm 41 and I've been black for every one of those years. <laughs> having some jumped up little numpty in me comment section mm. is fuck all nothing compared to the having like having people screaming in your face and trying like physically harm you. I've been dealing with this my entire life. Yeah. Well, it's just a shame. In, it just is what it yeah, is. That in 2023 it's still worse. They just have another <laughs> no, it's platform worse. now. Because now people have a place to be able to say these things. Anonymous. Do you know what I mean? And it was especially like 2020 BLM where a lot of people that I knew or that I would have been friends with or friendly with, you know, they always say better the devil you know. It was going on and seeing people's content and you're like, oh, wow. that's how you really feel. So when people are like, oh yeah, we need to get these things blocked and get these things deleted, just delete them. I'm like, absolutely not. Let these arseholes out themselves. Yeah. Let people show you who they are. Yeah. I'm not deleting it. So you said it. So you people, said it with your whole chest. <laughs> so people you had been friendly with. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, fuck. Yeah, like there was rough. an example. There was a makeup artist that worked on one of the counters that I worked in. And bless her, really sweet girl. Bit of a fangirl. Like really, really wanted to be my friend. <laughs> and we'd had chats online where she had posted things. Now, nothing got to do with race. But posted things where I was like, ah, no, not agreeing with you on that. But I would never post a comment on somebody's post. I'll DM you and we'll have a conversation yeah, about yeah. it. And it was all, all very lovely and all very grateful. Thank you for the insight. Never would have thought of it like that. And then fast forward to 2020, I'm scrolling through TikTok. And there's apps absolute just vile things being said under a video and I went I recognise that I recognise that username I'm like oh there you are so you think you're hidden you think you're hiding in a TikTok comment but you're up my arse for the last five years that's horrendous yeah so again it's and come here does that people are shy everywhere does that like I feel like you come across really really strong but like does that stuff does that affect you like is, is it does yeah, human yeah, yeah. Have but what what choice do black women have yeah we're always meant to be strong because mm. we're supposed to be yeah and that's why a lot of you know how we feel sometimes is just dismissed because people go you can handle it yeah. yeah just because I've had it doesn't mean I can't yeah and I've so no fair. shame in saying I have been that arsehole that cries on the internet yeah, but like, I have sobbed into my phone unintentionally. Yeah. I just didn't realise mm. that's how I felt yeah. about something yeah. until I started talking about it. Yeah, because when people are like, you know, all that shit, like fix your crown, blah, blah, all that shit. Like, Ask me it, dick. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it, it diminishes somebody's experience. Don't mind them. Sorry. Sorry. I was just don't mind. a victim of racism. Don't mind them. You're better than this, babe. No. Now better woman, now you're well able. Get off me, Maureen, no. and don't be annoying me. I'll feel however I feel. And I, you're better off ignoring them. I'm like, you're better off winding your neck in and stop telling me how to handle my own life. Yeah. yeah. And these are things that I genuinely say to people. Yeah. No, but like, it's like, it's bad enough dealing with that. And then having those comments, you're just like, are you for real? Yeah. Like, this is not what that is. It's not no. like somebody shouted you in the yard or whatever. Like, this is racism. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. And it's like... And it's violent yeah it's pure violent no it's disgusting like I, I mean I, I know one of the things you put up like it gunked me in the stomach because I know and care about you so I was like I can't even imagine 
Was that the, I'm going to put a big gun to your temple? Jesus Christ. horrible. And so I was like, I can't even imagine how you would feel if I feel that way. Do you know? Depends on the day. I know, yeah. If I'm being honest. That's why you have a load of plants, so the plants. Yeah, the plants help. Your plants emotional support help. plan. No, you just, I don't know. Again, this is just something that, you know, as a person of colour, you just, what do you want me to do? I know. How do you want me to handle it? Yeah. Stop the world every time someone's a prick? Yeah. If that was the case, I wouldn't have left my house since I was about five. Yeah. Because it's just part and parcel of the world that we live in. Yeah. The only thing I would, the only good that I take from it is it opens up an awful lot of really uncomfortable and I suppose important questions, important conversations that have to, that have to be had. Yeah. Because I will pull a bitch quicker than you can type, hope you're okay, hon. (laughs) And I have, you know, I'm boundaried up to the bollocks online. Yeah. And I have really fucking hardcore conversations with people in my DMs all the time. It is not my job to teach it. It is be always being black women like take on the emotional labour of having to do the work for white women. But some days I'm like, today's a teaching moment. Yeah. And you're you're gonna learn today. <laughs> and if you don't, block de block block. Yeah. Because you are only one button away from me never having to yeah, deal with you again. So yeah. you know, yeah. if you don't take accountability or you can't mm. take on board what I'm saying, if you get defensive, if you centre yourself in a conversation that has fuck all nothing got to do with you, off your fuck. Yeah. Get off my phone. Yeah. <laughs> I love your language. Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I should probably should have asked my lad swear. <laughs> Live now. Like, beep, 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 beep. So, <laughs> in all of those, yeah, there's going to be nothing left on the phone. No, we can curse, so it's fine. Like in all of those things that we talked about, like have you carved out any kind of weekly non-negotiables for yourself now? Weekly, no, because no, I don't same. do, yeah. I don't I don't have a schedule. Yeah. You know, the last, like the beginning of the summer, I was like, I'm taking Sundays and Mondays off. And I had my nephew came and had sleepovers with me. And it was the most glorious thing because the world stands still when I'm hanging out with a six-year-old. Because I'm not picking up my phone. Well, we make his TikTok videos. He keeps posting on my TikTok. (laughs) I didn't realise he knew how to use it. I got a few funny texts on. I must start with that picture. You just, uh, I'm like, oh, that's not big. Get him off the internet. Like that was glorious because when I did get asked to do things, I'm like, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. I physically can't do it because he's, and my sister's like, you prioritise work. I'm like, nope. Yeah. No, this is like a bomb for the soul. I don't work in the studio on a Sunday or a Monday. If some other job comes up, it's a shoot or a show, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you love stuff like that. Yeah, of course yeah. I do. Yeah, but that's nice that you have those like non-negotiables that you just take your days off. That, yeah. yeah, that are that no, is weekly non-negotiables. Yeah, new. Yeah, it's but that's new. so yeah, but good. But it's hung around. Yeah, that's great. And I love how you spend so much time with like your nephew. I feel like that's what matters, isn't it? Like when you really could strip back at everything. Know what? It's just, just, it's just really, really wholesome. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just like family. just having them once a week, where you know we made potions and. We went to the playground in our pyjamas at night time. I love you know, that. Just, oh my gosh, you're at the cool auntie. Yeah. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Never I think question. we forget sometimes as adults that we need to play. Yeah. They say that with therapy and everything. Oh, yeah, in, it's your inner child. That's the thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, adults, we don't play. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't have anything. There's no rituals that I have. But if I feel myself getting to a point where I'm like, I'm disassociating, I'm starting to shut down, mm. then I'll go and spend the day with my plants. And I'll potter around the house. Now, there could be, like, the entire bedroom floor could be covered in, you know, two and a half weeks worth of dirty jocks. I need to put a wash on. But I'm like, no, 
I'm just going to potter about the house with me plants. I'm going to drink copious amounts of coffee and that's what I'm doing today and I'm not doing anything else. Yeah, I love that. And come here, you seem like you could write a book on wisdom and like how to not take shit and just how to live life very blissfully, powerfully kind of in a way. But have you ever received any advice that you took? Because I feel like I've gotten so much advice from you now just listening to you. Get out me dick. Get, get out me dick. Like. <laughs> That's but what like, have you ever yeah. received, was there any one piece of advice that you received over your years, whether it be in Mac, Asia, that that kind of stuck with you, that was like, that was really good advice? Do you know what? I don't think this is a piece of advice, <laughs> but it's something that's just popped into the back of my head there. Well, share it. <laughs> you have to share it. So living in Vietnam, again, no structure to my life at all whatsoever. Mm. And I joined a boot camp, like an all women's boot camp. I was like, mm. it's Monday to Friday. If I just, it gives me a reason to get up at a certain time and somewhere to go. Yeah. And it was so much fun. It was, and I also, I wanted to make friends. I moved there on my own. Mm. So I wanted pals as well. But I ended up becoming really good friends with the most unhinged woman you've ever met in your entire life. <laughs> she was the trainer. <laughs> I think then she would have been about 42, 43 and was mad as a bag of wire hangers. So obviously me and her just absolutely hit it off. <laughs> I can hear in the back of my head, there was, I don't know what exercise she was trying to get us to do, which was like, explore your assholes. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> she was just a lunatic. So me and her got quite close and we just, I don't know how, but we came up with the saying. Because again, she now she was older than me, mm. you know, still had no clear what she was doing in her mm. life. But we were just sitting having a coffee one day and I don't know where the conversation went, but the two of us just came up with the phrase, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing it here. (laughs) And it just stuck. So sometimes if I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing with my life? Especially I'd planned to go back to Asia and I ended up in Ireland again Mm -hmm. with no intentions of ever being here. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I just kind of go, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing it here. (laughs) Like it just is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like you're in the moment sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, because I don't have to have it all figured out. No. no. I take the pressure. Like, once we all cop that, I feel like we'll lead happier lives. It's like you're, when you break that code of, like, you don't have to have everything yeah. together. Like yeah. it's Well, I think freeing. it's just getting rid of the weight of other people's expectations. Yeah, yeah. or societal pressures. Because yeah. mm. doing air quotes, norms, what even is norm? It's constant. Yeah. yeah. So we do a thing now when we have a guest, okay, that... The previous guest leaves a question for the next guest. So we've got a question for you. So our last guest was Mary Hayes from Two Into You, which is a part of Women's Aid. She's a fantastic woman. Um, So she wanted to know what makes you feel empowered? The truth. Okay. Nice. And why? Telling the truth and speaking my truth. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, without sounding like an absolute one of them. Yeah. But uh, the truth. That makes me feel more empowered than anything because whether I'm right, whether I'm wrong, regardless of the situation, if I've done the wrong thing, if I've said the wrong thing, it always comes from a place of authenticity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You know, I might not say it properly, but it will always come from a place of pure and utter honesty. And I yeah. think being, getting to a point where you can be honest with yourself and honest with the people around you and honest with the world in general, like especially online. Mm. Being honest is the most vulnerable thing I think that any of us can do. Mm. And vulnerability is a fucking superpower. Yeah. yeah. So if something is sitting on my spirit, I have to say it out loud. Yeah. Once I've said it out loud and I've put it out into the world, out into the ethers, as long as it came from a place of honesty, 
Yeah. Well, then I'll feel good about it. Such a healthy way to be. Yeah, Very pairing. It took me a long time to mm. to yeah. get to that. How did you get to that? Asia was a huge part of it because yeah. again, it was. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, Asia. Asia. I had, <laughs> I'm going to Asia. Like, I feel a bit like I went to Thailand. No, no, I bought well. did you well. and a couple of beads and went and found myself on a beach. I sat on an elephant. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I took a picture with a tiger with no teeth. No, it wasn't. It wasn't that. No. At all. But it was just being in a place where there was no expectations because, you know, we go through so much of life where we... We play roles in different people's lives. We have the role of who we are and what we do in our families, in our friendship groups. And I, again, mid-identity crisis, was like, I need to take myself away from all of these things because I need to figure out who I am and what I want and almost reassess and reevaluate. So when I came back from Asia, I hadn't played those roles anymore. So I got to redefine who I am and how I show up in the world, whether it's within my family or within my friends group yeah. you know also a lot of therapy super ayahuasca we're grand <laughs> I was leaving Elaine one time and we were just like did I tell you about that time I did ayahuasca I was like no she's like next time <laughs> yeah but I think again it's just <laughs> so I think sometimes you have to get to a point where you have to strip yourself down to the bare bones and mm. rebuild and I had spent an awful lot of my life as an absolute people pleaser I you know through therapy I've realised that I I intellectualise a lot of things especially when it comes to how I feel Mm. where I spend a huge it means I could sit here and tell you the most traumatic horrendous thing that's ever happened to me won't feel a single bit of it because I will just it's like a story Okay, it's a story that I can tell you but I don't connect to it really and I don't completely it. detached from okay. it. Yeah. You know, in past relationships, you know, I'd sit down to have a conversation with like a boyfriend about something that's after pissing me off or whatever. But I would do it in a very matter of fact, cold in a way. Clinical. Well, it's yeah. a bit clinical. No, because I'll use all the big words and I'll go off and I'll have, you know, I'll figure out what exactly it is that's going on with me. So then I can come back to it and I can give it a load of bleeding therapist jargon. Yeah. But I don't feel anything. Mm. Yeah. So I, I, once upon a time, I spent a lot of time in my head yeah. as opposed to in my body. Because oh. I remember like one of the first therapy sessions I ever went to and like my therapist gave me stick over this. She was like, if I ever write a book, I'm putting this in. It's the most fucking ridiculous thing anyone's ever said to me. Whatever it was I was feeling at the time, she was like, and you know, where do you feel that in your body? And I was like, sorry, excuse me. She was like, physically, where do you feel that? I was like, you can't ask a person that. She, what, what I'm asking you, I was like, that's the most stupidest thing you could ask a person. Why would you even ask that? Like, my reaction was... Are you joking? Oh, uh, disgust. How dare you ask me that? Because I didn't realise that, you know, your, your body your your body knows these things. Yeah. Because emotions weren't physical for me. They were... Everything was... In the mind. Everything was in my head. So I can intellectualise it, so I can understand it, so I can minimise it. Yeah. So I suppose... Like I started getting really into yoga when I was when I was living away. And now I just try and do things that take me out of my head mm. and back into my, my body. body. Yeah. So when again, that's why that's why I say when something's sitting on my spirit, I always I automatically do that. Yeah. Where I put my hand on my chest because I'm like, I physically feel that's that sitting on my chest. Yeah. Where that is something that needs to be said, whether it's so I can be honest with other people or honest with myself. So I have to physically get that out mm-hmm. because there is no way for me to shift the weight of that yeah. unless I say it, yeah. unless I speak it into the world. Yeah. So I suppose a lot of the little things I do so I don't hit burnout or so I don't disassociate are 
things that are physical. So that could be playing music and dancing around in my kitchen mm. like an absolute lunatic or pottering about with my plants or I'll, you know, I do Reiki healing. I might go for a walk on the beach even though I nearly killed me recently. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do things that are physical. Yeah, yeah. It could just be I'm going to go and make a cup of tea, walk to the park across my house with the teacup, with no shoes on. I look demented, <laughs> but I don't care. Yeah. So it's... I love walking on my bare feet, Nessa, not so much. Oh, I love it. There's a time and place, girls. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't listened to the barefoot episode oh, yet, but I'm going to... I'm feel, coming I for you. I feel like I'm going to have a lot of opinions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, like, wow, I feel like you've left us with so much mm. to mull over. Like, I know I'm, like, blown away by that. So what is your question that you'd like to leave for our next guest? No pressure. You can think about it now. What is the last thing that you learned how to do? Oh, glad I don't have to answer that. Oh, I kind of want you to answer. Well, it's for our next guest, but what's I don't... the last thing I learned? How to... Oh my God, is this what it feels like to be on a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I don't know. Can I give you a laugh? Yeah. You know, I Googled only today. It always freaked. I just never knew how to cut a spring onion, you know, a scallion. Yeah. You know, like, like, where do you end? On the when it gets white. Oh, it depends what you're doing with it. Yeah. If you're doing a bit of Asian cooking now, yeah. you'd get all, you'd cut all the white off, but you'd cook that, oh. and then use the oh. use the green bit of the sprunion so as a sprinkler. So yeah. I was always just using the white bit, and then yeah. I get some way up the green bit, and then Jamie was looking at me one day, being like what way are you cutting that spring onion? I was like, I don't know. And any time I go to cut a spring onion, I have this conversation with myself. So I learned on Google, you can just wash it really well and you can use the whole thing. There you go. Well, that's the last thing I learned. Well, I just learned that too. <laughs> I have visions of you standing in your kitchen like Kendall Jenner with a spring onion. Yeah, the cucumber. <laughs> that's the too big for me. Cut it with your feet. I promise I know how to cut an onion. Uh, but that was just something because any time I picked it up to go cut it, I say for years I've looked at it being like, where do I start and end with you? Oh, yeah. I would always like a bald person it. washing their face. <laughs> <laughs> Will we end on that brilliant note? <laughs> no, because you're trying to get out of what you learned. Oh, it's like real boring. Well, it doesn't I matter. learned how to make a turkey stew yesterday because of you. Oh yeah, why is that boring? That's it was fantastic. a bombastic yeah. smash in my household. Yay! I'm so, sorry, that was very cooking's hopeless. very important. Yeah. yeah, there's another thing that I do. Yeah, do a lot. Of yeah, it. I love cooking. I'm not that good at it. It well, stresses me out. Thanks. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I'm proud of myself. I want a ball next time you're oh, up for a brown. This is right. Well, I won't <laughs> cut David in then because he milked it. I was like, excuse me to be kept for the day after. Is that babe. not the most satisfying thing? Yeah. Of feeding someone. Yeah. You fucking feed her. It's so degrading when you cook something and it's not nice. And let me tell you, that's happened to me a lot. Oh, so much. So embarrassing. Okay, well, thank you so much. Yeah, We're going to wrap you. it there. One Miss Cruise, isn't that your Insta handle? Yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah. It's very hard to look up. The one throws me all the time. I'm it's like, has she blocked me? Handle, because I no, no, it's always been that one. Miss Cruz. It look, if I had known that I was going to do so much on the internet, I probably would have thought about that one a bit more. <laughs> yeah. But I only ever like I only started using Instagram while I was away. Yeah, it's like time difference for your mates. Actually, just just let me family know that I'm yeah. not dead and I'm having a bit of crack. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, well worth following. As you can tell, she's there's many layers. Layers is the word. Yeah. It gets a bit weird. We love the weirdness. It's slightly unhinged. It. It's very chaotic, but it's really nice. Yeah. It's really nice over on my page. It's a very nice place to be. It is. It really is. Very refreshing. And the best brow lammy this land can find. Oh, she's just saying that. 
I'm telling you. Now, don't look at my eyes today because I haven't been in in about five weeks. <laughs> don't judge her on my brow. No judgment. And we just want to shout out and really, really plug the fo- how many years you're in makeup artist now? 15. 15 years. If I've done the maths, right? Rocking the makeup world and you are well deserving of that prize for the Image Beauty Awards. So please vote for Elaine Cruz. Yeah. Go I on to the image.ie. deserve it. She does. You do deserve it. Beauty yeah. and Business Awards. Elaine Cruz nominated for Best um, Mua. So go vote for her. All right, go on, talk to us next week. Thanks so much, Lane. Love you. Love you. Bye. This is Unveiled with Neve Cullen and Nessa Morrissey, a Go Loud original podcast. Subscribe to this podcast for free on the Go Loud app.